Inspiration. I can do anything. Education. Let's do this. And application. Oh boy, this is going to be good. Welcome to Like It Matters Radio. Keeping us out of the water hazard with some truth therapy. And teeing up solutions for today's big issues. Here's your life caddy, Mr. Scott B. Black. So welcome to the world of Mr. Black. Welcome to the world of Mr. Black. I am he, you are you, and the time is now for Like It Matters Radio. This is where we're living live, Like It Matters. Hey, uh, this is Scott Black, Mr. Black, and today we're going old school. We're going school. Uh, You know, we are called to be... Permanent learners, continual learners, constant and never-ending improvement requires constant learning. You got to understand that. This is where we're going to be a little bit better today than yesterday, a little bit better tomorrow than today. And today, I want to talk about two things. See, if you think about it, a lot of things are split into two things. You know, our maker, God, our manufacturer, nobody knows the product like the one who makes it, right? I mean, let's be honest. If you want to know anything about leadership awakening, about leadership adventure, about uh, communicating with power, my courses that I do about power goal setting, you can talk to someone that's been through. You can talk to people that have been to graduation. You can talk to people who know me, who's been around me. But if you want to really know the ins and outs of what I do, you got to go to the guy who created it. I know how it works. I know why it works. I know why I do what I do when I do it. I know to other people, it just seems like random acts, but it's a man with a vision, a man who knows where he's going and a man who knows how to take other people with him to get them from point A to point B. But there are two things. This is why the world wants to confuse you. Remember, the enemy's number one weapon formed against us is confusion. You got to get this. Because if you're confused, you don't speak up. You don't step out. You don't act right. You don't do the things. You sit down when you should stand up. You stand up when you should sit down. You shut up when you should talk. And you talk when you should shut up. There's a time and a place for everything, right? Kairos. That word that we translate English as time in the Greek has two words, chronos and kairos. Chronos is the time on your 24-hour time dial, your watch. Kairos is the time they're in. That's the Ecclesiastes 3. There's a time to laugh. There's a time to cry. There's a time to plant. There's a time to uproot. There's a time to live. There's a time to die. There's a time to love. There's a time to fight. Kairos. You got to know what time it is. Look at the brain. The brain, the human experience, I should say, is emotive and logical, right? Reason and intuition, the head and the heart, right? There's good and bad. There's right and wrong. Even God says that there are only two paths out there. God says there's only two teams. God said there's only one way. Don't you hear what God's doing? God's keeping it simple, soldier. K-I-S-S. Be a good kisser. Keep it simple, soldier. If the enemy's number one weapon formed against us is confusion, then your key is to stay non-confused. Don't you get it? That's what this radio show is about. 
about you asking and answering important questions. Who am I? Why am I here? What's my purpose? If today was my last day on this planet, did it matter one bit that I was given the gift of life? What difference did I make? And today, we want to continue on that. We want to build on that. And I want you to consider that we have two sides to our human experience, logic and emotion. As many like to say, the head and the heart. In right brain development, we understand the right side of our brain is about our heart. Those things that make us human, creativity, consciousness, emotion. The left side of the brain is what one thinks of when they think of the, quote, brain. The left side is logical, verbal, analytical, linear. And so today's, I want to get logical with you. And today I want to talk about modus ponen. Modus ponen. Matter of fact, this week, each show is going to be a word. You know, I love a good word. I'm an etymologist by trade. Etymology is not the enjoying or eating or studying of bugs. That's entomology. Etymology, E-T-Y versus E-N-T. Etymology is the study of words. Their origin, their use, their structure, where they come from, what they mean. And we throw words around like they don't matter. I'm going to tell you right now, words matter. The right word at the right time can change someone's life. The wrong word at the right time, if someone allows it, will destroy them. Words matter. Now, you can say that basically, uh, maybe, in an emotional interaction with what someone is sharing or presenting, that only 7% of that emotion comes from the words that they use. I agree with that. I don't know if it's 7%, 10%, but small amount. Because a picture is worth a thousand words. And so what people are hearing in the words, just that 7%, and what they're hearing in the tonality, what they're hearing in the, um, the pace, the pattern, because those hearings of the pace, the pattern, the timber, the emotion, those make them feel. They make them feel. And then they see what you're doing. And a picture is worth a thousand words. You see why I'm saying I believe that it's true. So, but when I say 7% of communication is words, that's a generalized statement based on what I was just talking about. I am not in any way inferring, deducing, or inducing. And you'll learn about those two words because those are the basis of logic. I'm not doing any of that. Kind of reminds me of a story I heard. A little girl was talking to her teacher about whales. The teacher said it was physically impossible for a whale to swallow a human being because even though a whale is a very large mammal, its throat is very small. The little girl stated that Jonah was swallowed by a whale, so you can't be right. The teacher reiterated that a whale could not swallow a human. It was impossible. To that, the little girl replied, when I get to heaven, I will ask Jonah. The teacher asked, what if Jonah went to hell? The little girl replied, then you ask him. <laughs> see, see, uh, all of a sudden there's a good chance for but um, boom, right? <laughs> right? There's two destinations. 
One is in the presence of God. And one is apart from God. You can call them heaven or hell. You can call them uh, uh, whatever you want to call them. There's lots of different uh, Hebrew and Greek names, the buso, right? You, you can call them lots of things. But there's two destinations. There's two teams. And I'm going to suggest there are two types of people. There are two kinds of people on earth today, two kinds of people no more, I say. Not the good or the bad, for it's well understood. The good are half bad, and the bad are half good. Not the happy or sad, for in the swift flying years, bring each man his laughter and each man his tears. Not the rich or the poor, for to count a man's wealth, you must know the state of his conscience and health. Not the humble and proud, for in life's busy span, who puts on vain airs is not counted a man. Not the two kinds of people on earth I mean are the people who lift and the people who lean. Wherever you go, you'll find the world's masses are ever divided into these two classes. And strangely enough, you'll find two I mean, there is only one lifter to 20 who lean. In which class are you? Are you easing the load of the overtaxed lifters who toil down the road? Or are you a leaner who lets others bear your portion of worry and labor and care? And that's by Ella Willer Wilcox. And today I want to consider, as we talk about logic, are you inductive or deductive? And why does it matter? And why it matters is because we see patterns. And we make dots and belief systems based on those patterns. Today, we'll talk about modus ponens. If you want to know what it means, you got to be back after these three-minute commercials. Welcome to the world of Mr. Black. You've had a difference in your relationship with God, too. Tell me about that. Um, yeah, I, was, I was raised in a church uh, and I kind of stepped away uh, in, in my adult life and this class kind of brought me right back to, to my faith and that's a huge huge part of my life that's just been missing and i just i, I feel rejuvenated if that makes sense that you know knowing that god's walking right next to me every day every night you know he's right here for me and everyone else for that matter but he's here for for me right yeah. now and you have some peace don't you oh it's 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 really amazing. Sorry, I'm going to get emotional, okay. but it's, 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 it's amazing. It's an amazing feeling inside my heart. Like It Matters' unique approach allows people to see, hear, and experience leadership in motion. Like It Matters Radio. Radio Like It Matters. This is Scott Black of Like It Matters. As many of you know, I have been helping people to be the best they were created to be. COVID-19 has accelerated changes that I have been considering for some time now. Many more people need to receive the benefits of Leadership Awakening. Mental health in our communities is a real issue. We recently received our 501c3 nonprofit status with the emphasis of creating and delivering, taking back your power and your freedom to the least among us struggling with mental health issues. Please help us help others. You can save a marriage, save a business, or a life by supporting Like It Matters with your tax-deductible gifts. All gifts are needed, large, small, and everything in between. Please consider becoming a monthly partner at likeitmatters.net. Give today at likeitmatters.net. And by the way, Like It Matters Leadership Awakening classes will continue. Check out the schedule at likeitmatters.net as we build our training for those suffering from the challenges of poor mental health. God bless you. Welcome back to Like It Matters Radio. Radio, like it matters. 
matters. Inspiration, education, and application. I am black, and today we're talking about modus ponens. Modus ponens. Matter of fact, all week long, we're going to be highlighting a single word. Uh, and we're going to build on those words because words are a way we express ourselves. The right word at the right time will change someone's life. And the wrong word at the right time, if someone allows it, will destroy them. Jesus knew that. We are called to be encouragers. The word encourage means to put courage into people. It's all about the words. You know, it was... Um, J. Vernon McGee, one of my favorite pastors, I still listen to him uh, regularly. Uh, he's been with the Lord for over 40 years, uh, but he goes through the Bible verse by verse, chapter by chapter through the whole Bible. One of my favorite sayings by J. Vernon McGee is we're all speaking the same language, but we're all using different dictionaries. And ladies and gentlemen, what's happened today is our dictionaries have been absconded. <laughs> Our dictionaries have been stolen, and they've been manipulated, and they've been changed, uh, and I'm going to tell you right now, as a man of many words, I would never start a debate, an argument, a conversation, a dissertation without setting some ground rules and making sure that we're using the same words the same way, because there are at least two uses for most words. I use the word vision a lot. The vision I talk about, the six foundational words are passion, vision, focus, commitment, purpose, team. Those are the six building blocks of anything great, whether you're talking about a church, a business, a social organization, a relationship, passion, vision, focus, commitment, purpose, and team. Those are the foundational principles. I also help people with mission vision statements. Now, mission vision statement, that word vision is far different than the vision word I use in the six foundational words. The vision word I use in the six foundational words means to see things in the future, to see how they connect, to see things in front of you, to see how they play out. That's what vision is, and a, and a leader has a clear vision. But vision, when you're talking about mission, vision statement, your mission is your right side, your emotional involvement. But your vision is your left side. Uh, it is your uh, the, the hands and feet. Your vision, uh, your mission is your emotion. Your vision uh, is your hands and feet. Your mission is your why. Your vision is your how. Your mission is from the right side of your brain. Your vision, the minute goals, the minutia of what it gets to go from, what it takes to go from point A to point B, that is left side. That is detail. That is how. So you got to understand the word set, look it up, SET, has almost 400 variations and uses. And that's what's going on in America today. And so what does today's word mean? Modus ponens. It is a noun. It means the reasoning that when a conditional statement, if X is read, is accepted as true, a subsequent, subsequent statement beginning with then, then Y is blue is also affirmed as true. This is nothing more than a conditional statement. If A, then B. The basis for all belief systems. Fear of public speaking. If I speak in public, people will know I'm really not that smart and I'll be embarrassed uh, and then they won't like me. If then. 
if I don't sleep with that person who took me on a date, then they'll never go out with me again. If then. If I don't do exactly what my boss tells me every time they ask me to come in early, come in late, then I won't be considered an employee, a good employee. See, those are all conditional statements. And just as the conditional statement, if A, then B, if A is true and B is true, that is always a true statement. But I want to suggest to you, if not A, then not B. That's the same statement. That's the same equation. See, modus ponens is borrowed, borrowed from Latin and literally means affirming mode. Modus, which means manner, kind, tone, way. Matter of fact, now you've heard this, these words before in classical Latin, right? Modus operandi, right? What's their motive? What was their way of working? Why did they do what they do, right? Modus operandi. How about this? You ever heard this? Modus vivendi, Right? That's your mode, manner, kind of living. That's your way of living. Ponens comes from Latin ponere, to place, to put. By the way, that's also where you get the words opponent, position, postpone. All is from the same word. So a common saying that uses modus ponens is if there's smoke, there's fire. If A, then B. Now what we're talking about here is logic. In propositional logic, modus ponens, also known as modus ponendo ponens, Latin for method of putting by placing, or implication elimination, or affirming the antecedent, is a deductive argument form. See, I go to the heart from the head. This is why I'm so effective. It is emotional intelligence. Remember, we have two, two ways to reason, intuitively or intellectually, from your emotions or from your reason, logically or emotionally. And see, what was happening in America today is there's a lot of conditioning going on. There's a lot of unconscious programming going on. There's a lot of manipulation going on. I'm telling you right now, I'm, I'm not wanting to scare you uh, I'm not one of these weird, you know, September 11th was the America caused it and, you know, we killed JFK and all those conspiracy theories. I don't believe we have fair elections. I do believe that Donald Trump was purposely targeted, one, to not get elected and then get to be destroyed once he's in office. I do agree that that election in 2020, that he should have won that thing and somehow he didn't. Uh, I don't think there was voter fraud. I think there's a serious election. I think there was half a billion dollars spent by um, by uh, Facebook to put people in election offices that did the work of the Democratic Party as government employees, which is illegal, but no one cares because of the Democrats. So all that's true. But what I want you to know is you're being played. Now, you might be okay with it. And if you are okay with it, take a look at that. Because we're probably not a child of God. Uh, and you and I probably don't have a lot in common, which is okay. We might still be able to have a drink together. You know, it kind of reminds me of a story I heard. You know, one day a rich dad took his son on a trip to a poor village. He wanted to show him how blessed he was and how poor other people are. And so they spent some time away and they spent time on a farm of a poor family. And they stayed there for a little while. And after they left the village, the father, you know, wanted to use this as a teaching moment. He brought them out there just to show them how, how lucky they were to live the way they did. And how, look at these poor people. And man, you are so blessed because look how rich you are. 
and look how poor they are. Now, again, those are interesting words, right? Because those words are called normalizations. A normalization is a word that falls in the category of generalizations. And what makes a normalization a normalization is you cannot put it in a wheelbarrow. There are not parameters to it. Okay? So you can't put success in a wheelbarrow. Right? It must be defined by each person. You can't put love in a wheelbarrow. Right? It must be defined by each person. And the same thing with rich or poor. Those are interesting words. They have very little to do with a bank account. They have very little to do with your square footage in your house. But yet we equate them to that. Uh Uh-uh. So after they left the village, the father asked his son two questions. The first question, did you see how poor that family was? The second question And so what learning are you taking away from this? Because his dad did this to teach him a lesson that he was very blessed uh, and most people were poor and they weren't poor, but look how poor these other people are. So you be blessed and you appreciate me. That was the whole point. And so his dad wanted to make sure the lesson was learned. So the second question being, what did you learn, son? So after asking the second question, the, the man just looked at the boy and the boy was pondering. He was reflecting. And and after a little time of doing this, his son replied finally. Well, Dad, the way I see it, we have one dog. They have four dogs. We have a pool, but they have rivers. We have lanterns at night. They have so many stars, it lights up the ground. We buy food. They grow their own. We have walls to protect us. They have friends and villagers and family. After thinking for a while, his son added, You know, Dad, I really appreciate you bringing me on this trip. Thank you, Dad, for showing me just how poor we really are. You know, in Shakespeare's Romeo and Juliet, there's a scene where Juliet proclaims a rose by any other name would smell as sweet. This may be true if a rose was called a dandelion. The flower itself would still be the same. We would just know it by a different name. The reference is often used to imply that the names of things do not affect what they really are. In other words, changing the name doesn't change the fact of what it is. But does it? See, we act as if. And after the break, I'm going to go into that. I'm going to show you how these unconscious patterns, how how we change the meaning of things and words, how these little things have great consequences. And we got to remember that there are basically two things we're dealing with. You're dealing with reason and emotion. And when you talk about reason, there's logic. And there are two forms of logic, deductive and inductive reasoning. And we're going to talk about that after the break. Today, we're talking about modus ponens. I'm black. We'll be right back. Here's a real student testimonial from Like It Matters Leadership Awakening Training. The way we met Scott was through an answered prayer. We had a, uh, a business associate who recommended a leadership training process 
initially, you know, I had been through uh, just a series of all kinds of leadership training and felt like I had been trained as much as I possibly could. You know, we went and went hesitantly. But the one thing, it would have to be consistent with my faith. And uh, it was your awakening class. And uh, that class was absolutely not only uh, the, the answer to prayers, uh, business, but personally. It gave us the tools and it gave us the foundation to be able to really formalize and verbalize our values. Leadership Awakening is coming to a location near you. Details at likeitmatters.net. That's likeitmatters.net. Give me 48 hours and I will give you a new beginning. Give me 48 hours and I will give you hope. Give me 48 hours and I will give you your power back. Because between the stimulus and the response, there is a space. And in that space is your freedom. It is your power. At Like It Matters Leadership Awakening, 48 hours will change the course of your life. Discover the very purpose of your life, along with the ability to achieve. Give Mr. Black 48 hours in the next Leadership Awakening. Sign up at likeitmatters.net slash schedule. Welcome back to Like It Matters Radio. Radio, Like It Matters, inspiration, education, and application. Today on Like It Matters Radio, we're talking about modus ponens. We're talking about logic. If A, then B. If A equals B and B equals C, then A equals C. It's called the transitive principle. It's part of logic. It's part of math. It's part of algebra. If A equals B and B equals C, then A equals C. My favorite way to show the transitive principle is this. If Jesus is the word of God, A equals B. And B, the word of God, is the Bible, C, then Jesus is the Bible. And that's just fascinating. Jesus is the word of God. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God, and the word dwelt among us. That's him. Uh, every single word. People out there say the only words in the Bible that matter are the red letter ones. That is uh, an abomination. Jesus said that not one tittle, not one dot will fade away from the word of God. Jesus said, I didn't come to d get rid of the law. I came in fulfillment of the law. See, there are two kinds of people, right? Those that believe in the God of the Bible and those that believe in something else. All right. So why am I bringing all this up? Because let's be honest, there's two parties in this country, Republican and Democrat. Now, they're both made up of people, which makes them both flawed because man is the problem. And again, you got to hear this. Uh, if you understand the logical levels, Dr. Uh, uh, Diltz, Robert Diltz, look it up. Six levels. On the bottom is environment. Right above that is behavior. Right above that is capabilities. Right above that is belief system and values. Right above that is identity. And right above that is spirit. And it was Einstein, that famous smart guy, who said you can never solve a problem at the same level it was created at. It was also Einstein who said the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. In other words, he said, if you don't like the results, change your approach. As you change your approach, you change the results. See, this is all logic. Why am I bringing this up? Because yesterday's parent, yesterday's newspaper, Chicago Democrat sounds alarm as 55 schools report no proficiency in math or reading. Chicago. Uh, overly black, um, run by Democrats for 100 years, 
you can't get elected there if you're a Republican. Uh, it's electioneering. Uh, it's uh, election fraud. Uh, as soon as a Democrat puts their name on the ballot, they got 10 million votes, whatever it is. It doesn't matter who they are. It doesn't matter if you're John Fetterman. It doesn't matter if you're Gumby. Uh, you win in a lot of these cities and states just by having a D after your name no matter what. So here's the article. Parents nationwide are still battling the impact of stringent school closures and lockdowns during the pandemic, and Chicago families are no exception. Alarming report revealed dozens of Chicago schools claim no students, not a single one. You got to get this. Not a single one is proficient in either math or reading, despite the state and federal government funneling billions of dollars into education. Illinois State Senator Willie Preston, who is a father of six, joined Fox and Friends to Detroit to uh, discuss the report and how parents and lawmakers in the city can help. Government isn't the anthem for all things, Preston told Griff Jenkins. I think we have to re-engage parents, have parents actively take a role inside the schools when they can be. But in addition, we need to make certain that we spend our money in a right way. Now, this guy is a Democrat telling people to get involved in the school boards to raise some hell, if you will. And now we know that his party, though, treats those of us who do that as terrorists, as domestic terrorists. He turns the FBI, Biden puts the FBI on him. Uh, I mean, this is where your government's being used against you. Wirepoints released the findings stemming from 2022 data from the Illinois Department of Education, which indicated that 55 Chicago public schools, no students were reported proficient in either math or reading. Preston blamed the academic decline on the pandemic, given the virtual remote learning students were forced. But here's what I'm saying. Not a single person, not one in the class. Because when the guy was on the radio, uh, on TV, he was talking about how, oh, no, uh, these are poor people. Some of these kids can't get to school. And when they come to school, uh, they're not eating. But again, I go back to this. There's no, not one person, not one person proficient in either in 55 schools, not five, not 15, not 30, but 55 and we have access to all information. We have the internet. We can learn anything we want. You have access to every single book. Do you see what I'm saying? Something's not right here. We're being told to follow the science, but we're gonna, we're gonna talk about that. And see, this is what the whole Moses Ponens is. It's logic. And then logic, there's two types of logic. There's inductive and deductive reasoning. I mean, did you remember the O.J. Simpson trial? When O.J. Simpson had expert witnesses and the state had expert witnesses, and it is amazing how the state's expert witnesses disavowed, um, you know, O.J.'s expert witnesses. And how, remember how Dr. Lee, I'll never forget Dr. Lee, uh, one of O.J. Simpson's w- experts, uh, disreputed the state's experts. And if the glove doesn't fit... You must quit. And yet we can all make a glove hard to get on our hand. We all know how how stupid that was. But it doesn't matter what facts are. What matters are feelings. And this is why today I want to talk about modus ponens. It's logic. So there's two types of logic when you talk about reasoning. There's inductive and deductive. So the argument in which the premises give reasons in support of the probable truth of the conjecture is inductive reasoning. While inductive reasoning uses the bottom-up approach, deductive reasoning uses a top-down approach. 
The initial point of inductive reasoning is the conclusion. On the other hand, deductive reasoning starts with premises. See, one starts at a conclusion. The perfect example is the Donald Trump thing. You kept hearing for three years, Adam Schiff and these Weasley people come out and lie and say we have irrefutable proof that Donald Trump is a Russian spy. We have irrefutable proof, irrefutable proof that he was in collusion. We have irrefutable proof. We were told that every single day for three years. See, what they did is they used a reason that Donald Trump is guilty. Now let's find what he did. And by the way, the same thing happens in cop shows. Making of a, a murderer. I'll never forget, I watched that when it first came out a couple years ago. This guy, was, it looked like he framed. This guy didn't do it at all. And yet they're framing this guy. Why? Because these are probably good cops. And they believe without a doubt this guy did. He's been a troublemaker all their lives. And so all they're doing, because the guy outsmarted him, is just finding, maybe even planting some evidence. Because they know the guy did it. He just committed a perfect crime. So they're going to help justice happen by go ahead and putting some pieces there in place that weren't there in place. All they're doing is getting a guilty person convicted, right? There's nothing wrong with that, right? The ends always justifies the means, right? And all these things, you should be shaking your head at me and say, no, that's not true, Black. You're right. I was being facetious. Look it up, what facetious means. The ends does not justify the means. God said that. God would rather you do the wrong thing for the right reason than do the right thing for the wrong reason. So you got to understand you're dealing with two types of reasoning. Deductive reasoning is the opposite of inductive reasoning. It involves drawing a conclusion based on the concordance of multiple premises. This is the main difference between inductive and deductive reasoning. Inductive reasoning moves from specific premises to a general conclusion, while deductive reasoning moves from general premises. See, deductive reasoning is taking all this circumstantial evidence and saying this says this. But inductively, you're inducing it. You know, like when you induce labor, you cause it to happen. Don't you hear the word inducing, inductive? Inductive reasoning moves from specific premises to a general conclusion. Inductive reasoning makes use of evidence to come to a conclusion. Sorry, I got it backwards. Whereas deductive reasoning is five evidence to support a conclusion. So they were deducing versus inducing. Okay, this happens when a cop knows someone did something but can't legally prove it. It's incredible. See, this is where it goes back to this word called science. And you got to understand what science Science is always about questioning things. And when you get people in the scientific field that say, don't question me, that's anti-science. And yet we're told about all that understanding science. Science is not about thoughts. It's not about feelings. It's not about wishes or fantasies, unless you're talking about political science. Scientists don't attribute their findings to numerologists, physics, or forces beyond human understanding, although quantum physics... A little weird. <laughs> Science is about examining reality in an objective way, drawing conclusions from evidence or observations. The main difference between inductive and deductive reasoning is that while inductive reasoning begins with an observation, supports it with patterns, and then arrives at a hypothesis or theory, deductive reasoning begins with a theory. See, they just deduced that Donald Trump was corrupt because they hate him. He was going to drain the swamp. They are the swamp. So why do you think darkness hates the light? 
If every time you showed up, someone else showed up, you had to disappear, you would hate whatever that thing is. And whenever light shows up, darkness has to go away. So darkness hates the light. Deductive reasoning begins with a theory. Donald Trump is corrupt. He's evil. He's the boogeyman. He's an orange baby. You start with a theory, and then you find the information to support that theory, whether by hook or crook. Beg, borrow, steal. Spy on people. Lie to people. Because as our government feels today, the ends justifies the means. So we got to decide. There's two types out there on everything. God said, keep it simple, soldier. So emotional intelligence. That's what we need. We need constructive thinking and emotional intelligence. Emotional intelligence is the ability to sense, understand, and effectively apply the power and acumen of emotions as a source of human energy, information, connection, and influence. It is the ultimate double helix, your emotions and your intellect. And after break, we're going to talk about how those two play together. Today on Like It Matters Radio, we'll talk about modus ponens. We'll be right back. When I attended the Leadership Awakening workshop, I didn't know what to expect, but I was open. The tools taught at Leadership Awakening helped me discover things about myself that were holding me back from being all God created me to be. Providential? That word coins these life-changing classes because I now realize there are works God has already created for me to walk in, and these workshops helped me to see this more clearly. I received practical insights that I am already applying to be a more focused businesswoman, influential mom to my two teenagers, an eight-and-a-half-year-old son, and patient and passionate wife. I got rid of a lot of clutter in my head. BS, they call it, belief systems that were not serving me. If you want to know what it means to empower others instead of trying to control them, if you want to build a productive team in two days, if you want to press the reset button in your life and give yourself a fresh new beginning, then do yourself and your family a favor and attend the next Leadership Awakening. It's time the giant in you comes alive. Leadership Awakening is coming to a location near you. Details at likeitmatters.net. That's likeitmatters.net. Welcome back to Like It Matters Radio. Radio, Like It Matters, inspiration, education, and application. Ladies and gentlemen, all talking the same language, but we're using different dictionaries. And the battle's in the mind. You got to get your thinking right. You got to get your minds right, people. You got to get in control because right now we're being manipulated. Fifth generation warfare. You're being played. Remember the Bible talks about that. That the confusion will be so great that even the elect might be confused. I'm paraphrasing. But this is what's going on. There are two types of people in this world. You've got to decide which one you're going to be. Are you a child of God or child of the world? Are you one who's believing all those lies that are being spewed out there? Or you have eyes to see and ears to hear? Are you thinking for yourself like God told us to? Or are you letting other people tell you what to think? Why does this matter? Because we create belief systems. And these belief systems dictate everything we do. By the time a child is five years old, the majority of their belief systems in place. And it is that structure of belief that everything else comes from. When we start feeling that we can't trust, when we start believing that everybody lies to us, when we start creating a belief system that the government won't tell the truth, that the government is just doing what they're going to do, that the government is out to harm us, why would I say that? 
because here's an article from a woke person. It's time for the scientific community to admit we were wrong about COVID. Stories from Kevin Bass. It was in Newsweek. He's a medical student, a researcher. He was a huge supporter of all the COVID-19, all the mass stuff, all that. And he writes an article in Newsweek. And this was just two weeks ago. It says, I was wrong. He said, I was for them all. Lockdowns, vaccines, boosters. He said, I was wrong. He said, we in the scientific community were wrong. And it cost us lives. And not too many people are strong enough, have enough courage to admit that. He says, I can see now the scientific scientific community from the CDC to the WHO to FDA and the representatives repeatedly overstated the evidence and misled the public about its own views and policies, including on natural versus artificial immunity, school closures, disease transmission, aerosol spread, mass mandates, and vaccine effectiveness and safety. Do you realize how many people that vaccine's killing and no one's allowed to talk about it? This is the America we live in today. It's not the same America. Our old America is dead people. Joe Biden made sure he put a stake in it. But perhaps, this article says, but perhaps more important than any individual error was how inherently flawed the overall approach of the scientific community was and continues to be to this day. It was flawed in a way that undermined its efficacy and resulted in thousands, if not millions, of preventable deaths. What we did not properly appreciate is that preferences determine how scientific expertise is used and that our preferences might be, indeed, our preferences were very different from many of the people that we serve. We create a policy based on our preferences, then justified it using data. And then we portrayed those opposing our efforts as misguided, ignorant, selfish, and evil. We made science a team sport. And in so doing, we made it no longer science. It became us versus them. Don't you see it? The flat earthers. They called us flat earthers if we challenged anything. Remember, there's just two teams. You guys, The two teams are so clear. It's us versus them. And they responded the only way anyone might expect them to, by resisting. We excluded important parts of the population from policy development, castigating critics, which meant that we deployed a monolithic response across an exceptionally diverse nation, forged a society more fractured than ever, and exacerbated long-standing health and economic disparities. Our emotional response and ingrained partisanship prevent us from seeing the full amp- impact of our actions. Don't you see what's going on? You got to decide, are you going to be a builder or a wrecker? Because the deep state, what's going on right now, Joe Biden, he's destroying this country. He's destroying our families, destroying our military people. It's time to step up. You got to decide which one of the two are you going to be. Are you going to be a builder or a wrecker? Carmelo Benvenga put it this way. I watched them tearing down, uh, tearing a building down, a gang of men in a busy town. With a ho-he-ho and a lusty yell, they swung a beam and a sidewall fell. I asked the foreman, are these men skilled as the men you'd hire if you'd had to build? He gave me a laugh and said, (laughs) no, indeed. Just common labor is all I need. I can easily wreck in a day or two what builders have taken a year to do. And I thought to myself as I went my way, which of these two roles have I tried to play? Am I a builder who works with care, measuring life by the rule in the square? Am I shaping my deeds by a well-made plan, patiently doing the best I can? Or am I a wrecker who walks the town, content with the labor of tearing down? Are you a builder destroyer? 
Are you a Republican or Democrat? Are you a child of God or not? Stories from Jim Palouche, president of J.P. Horizons. He said a railroad crew was working in the hot August sun, replacing railroad ties and adjusting tracks. As they labored in the blazing heat, an engine pulls up with a fancy caboose, all decked out with company colors and stops a short distance from the crew. A man in a sharp pinstripe suit steps out of the caboose and yells toward the crew, John, John Hayes, is that you? To labor surprise, John yells back, yeah, Tom, it's me. Good to see you. Well, come on in and visit for a while, Tom yells back. The labor crew stared on in amazement as John laid down his shovel, wiped the sweat from his forehead, and walked toward the caboose. The man in the pinstripes gave him a big handshake and a slap on the back as they disappeared in the caboose. After a short time, John came walking back out to once again pick up his shovel and take his place on the crew. Everyone stopped working and stared at him. John, someone finally spoke up. John, wasn't that Tom Miller? The president of the railroad? Yep, came his lonesome reply. Well, John, how do you know Tom Miller? The man continued to pry. Well, we both started working for the railroad on exactly the same day over 20 years ago. The man couldn't help but ask the obvious question. John, if you both started working on the same day, how come Tom Miller became president of the railroad and you're out here in the hot sun laying ties? To which John stopped working leaned forward on his shovel with a look that seemed to instantaneously play back the past 20 years and said, 20 years ago, Tom went to work for the railroad. 20 years ago, I went to work for $1.20 an hour. Isn't that powerful? That's an old story, but in it's the secret to career success. In every organization I have been fortunate to work with, I see examples of both types of individuals. There's the individual that comes to work not only wanting for his family and future, but also a sincere interest in helping the company grow and succeed. I call this person a builder. On the other hand, I often come in contact with the individual who has one thing in mind, getting the most amount of money for the smallest amount of effort and doesn't care what happens to the company. He will just find another job someplace else if this one doesn't work out. I call this person a destroyer. Destroyers hate if you listen to a story, you will hear a word or at least a form of a word that all of them seem to use. The word is hate, and they use it in reference to many things they hate. They hate management for all the stupid things they do and all the money they make. They hate customers for all the demands they make and complaining they do. They hate money because the paycheck is so little and there's never enough to pay the bills. They hate other employees because they get all the easy jobs and kiss up to management. They hate family because their spouse said something or other, their child did something, right? If you listen to destroyers long enough, it becomes evident whom they hate the most, themselves. But builders do what's important. They continue to learn. They appreciate people. They have great attitudes. They set goals. They don't quit. Ladies and gentlemen, God says there are two types of people out there. There are the wicked and the righteous. Look at Psalm 1. Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked or set foot on the path of sinners or sit in the seat of mockers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water, yielding its fruit in season, whose leaf does not wither, and who prospers in all he does. Not so the wicked. See the two types of people? The righteous and not the wicked. 
Not so for the wicked. For they are like chaff driven off by the wind. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in, ju- in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. Or, uh, for the Lord guards the path of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. Right? Twenty four sixteen Proverbs. A righteous man will stumble seven times, but get back up. But the wicked will stumble into ruin. What are you? It's time to decide. It's time to use reason and intuition, the head and the heart. It's time to realize you're either on God's team or the other team. It's time to realize that you're either a builder or a wrecker. You're either a leaner or a lifter. You're either moving forward or you're moving backwards. You're either a positive or you're a negative. Keep it simple, soldier. Choices have consequences. And it's appointed for man to die one time. And then comes the judgment. You are under construction on the Like It Matters radio network. I am Mr. Black, helping you become more hopeful about your future, reminding you when you live your life like it matters, it does. You have been listening to Mr. Black, master trainer for Like It Matters. Please find us on Facebook by searching LIM Radio. Make sure to follow us, like our posts, and share with others. Also, search YouTube for Like It Matters. Be sure to like and subscribe to our channel. And for more information on how we can help you live life like it matters, go to likeitmatters.net where you can find more information on our transformational training, our life coaching, counseling, our radio show, and other ways we help you continue the journey of living life like it matters.